Hello, everyone, and welcome to Net Sticks and Chill for another week. My name is Stephen Paletti, and joining me once again this week is Gordon. Good enough, Gordon. How are you this week? I'm I'm going well so far. So far, so good. Looking forward to discussing some things from the weekend, and uh, and yeah, the IIHF Women's World Championships should be good. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. And yes, the IIHF Women's World Championships in the top division gets underway this evening at the time of recording, which is Thursday night. So by the time you listen to this, day one will already be in the books and you'll know better than I will right now whether or not there's been some upsets which could have a drastic impact on the entire tournament. That's assuming you can actually watch it, of course, and we'll get into that in the third period. Uh, but we'll, for the first period, we will keep our attention purely on the domestic game and the weekend's AIHL action. On Friday night, it was the Sydney Bears mauling the Ice Dogs in the Battle of Sydney. 12-1. I was there for the Inner Sanctum and you can head over to the website to check that article out, theinnersanctum.com.au On Saturday, what could possibly go down as the upset of the season saw the Melbourne Ice defeat the Newcastle North Stars down in Melbourne 3-2 in overtime and on Sunday, Newcastle North Stars got back to their winning ways uh, beating the Melbourne Mustangs 7-4 to round out the two-game swing in Melbourne for the North Stars. And that loss on Saturday seals the top four. No one can move up or down. And so it is CBR at on top. Uh, Newcastle North Stars in second. Sydney Bears in third. And the Melbourne Mustangs in fourth, giving us all our teams in the finals. And the positioning, what what was one thing you liked from the weekend's action? Uh, I liked the fact that the that you know the, the Melbourne Ice were able to defeat the the Newcastle North Stars. I think the the Ice, it's no secret that they're in a in a rebuild. They're looking to the future. Um, our, our own uh, Andrew McDougall wrote wrote an article. Uh, about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, so you know they're they're looking forward um, to to the future and and being competitive, but uh, it was good for them. Uh, you know, uh, I think if um, if you watch watch the game, most people would say that that the Melbourne Ice were you know fortunate, but you you've got to be able to put yourself in a position to to have a few bounces go your way and and to be able to pull off an upset. So. Uh, full credit to them. It was it was good to to see them win. Uh, what what did you like? I I liked, and I don't know if you were able to see this on the broadcast on Friday night, but uh, late in the third period, uh, Jacob Dornbus uh, showed that he didn't lose his sense of humor and gave himself a little bit of a Bronx cheer style celebration after managing to save a puck. Um, you know, as I wrote about this, as I wrote about this in the article, and there's some fantastic quotes in that article from Cameron Todd, and we're going to play uh, that audio for you a little bit later on here on the podcast. Um, the Ice Dogs got absolutely lit up on Friday night, but you know, in situations like that, it's it's nice that you can kind of keep your sense of humor. And so I think I think that's that's what I liked is that despite getting absolutely shellacked. Once, once Jacob got the frustrations out of the way, he was still kind of able to have a little bit of fun, and that's that's, that's what you want, isn't it? You want you, you still want to be able to find the good in all the bad, if that makes sense. Um, what didn't you like from the weekend? Oh, so um, I, you know, I, I think I think I'll go to the the same game. Um, uh, the it's the Ice Dogs final final home game, and um, it, you know, and and I'm not I'm not blaming or sing, singling anyone out, but it, it it's uh, there was a a decent crowd there to to 
you know, see see off the team for the final game of the season. And yeah, it was just unfortunate that um, you know, to lose twelve to one. Uh the game at at one point it was close for the first period. Um that the Bears scored a late goal. Um the second period was, you know, not not terrible, but still not great. And the final period was just disastrous and it seemed um it seemed like everything uh, was was going in the net, um, and and nothing was going the the ice dogs' way. It uh, it is fortunate that they managed to score one goal to to have the uh, the you know to to at least not get shut out in their in their final home game. But it was uh, disappointing, and the Melbourne Ice win over the the North Stars um, it, it makes things interesting for the last week. But but the the ice dogs are going to have to dig themselves out of a pretty big hole to. To avoid the wooden spoon, uh, what what didn't you like about the about the weekend? It's it's tough to find something that I didn't like from the weekend. I mean, there, there was a lot of penalties in, you know, is in the Ice Dogs Bears game in the Battle of Sydney. Like it was it was four penalties for the Ice Dogs and it was seven for the Bears. Um, well, I, I think if I had to pick it, I'd say if I had to pick out something specific, I would say. Like just the special teams play for both sides. Like it was, it, it shouldn't. You shouldn't be in a situation where you have eleven penalties in a game and things are kind of just happening all over the place. Like it was. So I'd say the ill-discipline for both sides. If if I had to pick it, even though the, the Bears were slightly more ill-disciplined, you you wouldn't have known it if you were just looking at the. If you were just looking at the box score without scrolling down to where the penalties occurred, like it was, it, it was it was a pretty crazy game. If I'm being honest, like like yeah, I, I would say like it was a pretty crazy game. Um, we, we're gonna play some audio now from Cameron Todd um, from the from the Sydney Ice Dogs, and it, it's actually quite a fascinating listen. Um, so we'll play that audio now and then we'll give our thoughts uh, on the other side. I'm here with Cameron Todd from the Sydney Ice Dogs. Um, obviously, it was a little bit of a, a, bit of a tough one tonight. Um, how do you keep going on the last one tonight? Uh, it's really tough to, uh, especially when the score starts running up. But we really have to think that it's about building culture and about learning to play the right way for the future. I know this year has been really tough. Um, especially with having limited people. I know COVID's done a number on us and same with the, the other league. Kind of halved our strength, but we just really have to keep building good habits for the future. It's been a self-confessed rebuild year for the Ice Dogs. Um, I guess, like, how how do you go about like starting to rebuild when like nights like tonight happen? I think tonight is, it's definitely... There's been moments this year where we don't have the players, but we've worked hard and we've shown that we can compete. Tonight was one of those nights where I just think we, we gave them too much respect and we didn't grind hard enough. And I think that it doesn't set us back, but it's a real big learning lesson for us. And we really need to take a big look, hard look at ourselves and um, learn. Uh, after six or seven Uh, he's got every right to do that. We hang him out to dry all night. He's making first, second, third saves, and we're just watching it go in. So we just have to sit there and cop it because he has every right to go off at us. Uh, the season's almost over. You know, this is the last home game. You've got a double swing in Melbourne next week. Are you hoping to have a season on a high? Yeah, of course. It's uh, two games down in Melbourne, it's good rink, it's always fun to get away with the team, so we got to make sure we bond together, we all play as a team, and we really need to get two wins just to build ourselves a bit of confidence and know that we can actually play in this league as a team and be competitive. Uh, when you went down to Melbourne, what's it like to be part of the team? It's amazing that we can... Uh, be a little bit of a spokesperson or even show a bit of solidarity with uh, a cause like that and all sorts of causes. Uh, I think the league should get behind uh, not only the LGBTQ 
uh, community, but uh, plenty of other initiatives like the mental health um, donations, all this type of stuff, because sports is one way that brings everybody together and having everybody there for a good cause, it, it just makes it an awesome night for everyone. Yeah, well, someone yeah, of course, I agree with you. Um, can't speak strong enough to that. Uh, sports is for everyone, and I think sometimes we lose sight of that uh, with how competitive it gets, but I think we need to really take a step back and realise how much sport can do for people in general, their well-being, as you said, the LGTBQ community. Um, it's, it's a way of finding yourself and finding people that are like-minded that you can find support in. And that was Cameron Todd from the Sydney Ice Dogs. Um, some pretty damning stuff in there, wasn't there, Gordon? Yeah, um, you, you can you can kind of see that the, or sense that the players are kind of searching for for answers, and none are really forthcoming. And and um, you know, this isn't the first blowout loss that the team has suffered. This this isn't the the first you know game that. Uh, it it seemed like they've stopped skating at times, or, or you know that they that they uh, as as he mentioned, give too much respect to the opposition. So you know, don't don't grind hard enough, and uh, you know, don't work hard enough. Um, full full credit to to Cam Todd. He's one been one of the most consistent players on the Ice Dogs this season. He's he's a inspirational player for the team. He's, um, you know, he's a force crashing the net. Um, you know, for for him to to give those comments, um, you know, where you you've got to you've got to start. You know, it's he didn't say it was a setback, but you know, um, a, an opportunity for them to look themselves in the mirror and 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 see about you know building something for the future. Um, it it it's tough. You know, a, a twelve to one loss. What what can you possibly say? Um. But but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it you could you could just sense the frustration that was coming off um that was coming off him. Uh, one quote that I wanted to pick out, uh, which I think, so which I think kind of kind of sums it up. If, if being completely honest, on uh, talking about the spray from Jacob Dornbush, he's got every right to do that. We bleeping hanging uh, hanging out to dry all night. He's making first, second, third saves, and we're just watching it go in. We just have to sit there and cop it because he's going to be right to go off at us. That's pretty damning, isn't it? It just was with the with the overall performance, and like they know that they're doing something wrong, but they also weren't able to stop it. Like, like I don't know. It, it's just a tough spot to be in, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 tough. It doesn't obviously doesn't get uh, any any easier either. Um, that you know the the team kind of knew that this was going to be the case coming into the season that it was going to be a difficult season. Um, I I think you know what he said about you know building a culture is is important. Um, realistically, um, you know there's there's um, I I know that the board are very excited about some things about some changes that are going to to happen going into next year. And you've got to kind of, you know, rely on that. I had a chat with uh, Tim McGraw, one of the players, uh, young players on the Ice Dogs who represented New South Wales at Tange. Um, and, you know, this was his first kind of year with, with the team. Um, you know, and, and he's he mentioned um, that it's important that they get players not just, you know, for the, for the skills that they bring, but to make sure that they're a good fit for the team, that they've got the correct attitude, that they're committed to the AIHL, at the AIHL is, you know, it's different from if if you're if 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 you're an AFL player getting paid, um, you know, every game, you know, that's your job, and you show up to every game, you show up to every training. If you don't, you you lose that kind of source of income. The AIHL is a little bit of a different different thing, and some players, you know, are, are able to be committed more to the league, and other players have things come up and aren't committed, but that causes disruption to the team. So if you look at the team. You know, not singling any players out, but if you look at the team that started the season for the Ice Dogs and the side that finished, you know, there's there's been changes that that have occurred. So we'll see if those you know changes that that um, continue to occur can help the team next season. 
I think one thing that that was um, a problem throughout the season is giving too many, giving up too many shots on goal, and just a a, a terrible special teams, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's not ideal. Like it, it's been a problem. Like the special teams have been a problem all season. It's, I mean, it it's it's also something like it's hard to work on. You you mentioned the. You mentioned the disruptions in the squad, players coming in, players coming out. Like you know, we we spoke to we spoke to Jason Quizler a few weeks ago, and he's you know he talked about how uh you know I'll fill in for a game here and I'll fill in for a game there, and by the end of the season, you know he's become a pretty regular part of the lineup, and you know like like to the point where he has his own nameplate now on the back of the jersey because he he's just been needed so often. It's yeah, it, it's it's kind of unfortunate when you look at it like that um what did you think about Cameron's comments on the pride game because it warms my heart yeah I, I thought it was good uh, I I would um your full credit to the Melbourne Mustangs for for organizing the game um I I believe that you know they they um uh after the it was originally intended to be against the CBA Brave, the, yeah. the Pride game. Uh, obviously, there were flight issues and, and CBA Brave couldn't make it, but the Sydney Ice Dogs were were very pleased. Um, uh, I know to to be um, a part of that of that game to to show their solidarity. Um, so yeah, it was it was nice to to hear you know one of the you know part of the leadership group. Cam Todd is is uh, you know an alternate captain. Uh, to be able to to give his his thoughts on how important it is, um, how important it, it is for the for the community, what what sports can do to um, to you know uh, individuals to make them feel included, part of a group. I think that's very important. So full credit to him. I'm I'm hoping that uh, at some point, uh, you know, every AIHL has a team uh, has their own uh, Pride Night. We'll see. We'll see if 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 that happens. Yeah, it it's certainly something to look forward to for the future. Um, obviously, the Ice Dogs have two games this weekend. They play uh, the Melbourne Ice and the Melbourne Mustangs uh, down in Melbourne to end the season. Um, you know, something that uh, Cameron said, um, we, just, we really need to get two wins just to build ourselves a bit of confidence and know that we can actually play in this league as a team and be competitive. Um, we've got to make sure we bond together, that we all play as a team. I guess how crucial is it going to be for the Ice Dogs to make sure that they actually get those two wins this weekend to end the season on a high? Because it seems like it's going to be pretty important to the team to actually do so. I mean, uh, I would say it would it would it would be good for the team. I, I don't know if if um, you know it's uh, fair to say that it's it's absolutely necessary. I, I think. Uh, it, to be honest, uh, it would be surprising to see them pick up two wins from two um, away from home. Uh, generally, the, you know those trips are, uh, are are a bit more difficult. Um, there's a potential too that that the Ice Dogs try to blood some new players, so um, to to give them experience heading in, you know, you know, with with an eye on the on the future for for next year. But I think it's important. What is important uh, that the Cam did touch on was the way that they play the way that they compete um don't stop skating don't don't give up you know 60 shots on on for, um against your your, your goaltender protect the front of the net uh it, it'll be interesting to see them them you know do you know pay attention to those details pay attention to process rather than than score in in my opinion that's that's more important but um you know uh we'll we'll see what happens we we will indeed see what happens. So those two games are on Saturday and Sunday, respectively. As uh, one other game this weekend, and that will be the Newcastle North Stars traveling as uh, they're making a trip down down the highway to face the Sydney Bears on on Saturday afternoon. And those three games will round out the regular season before we get into the finals next week, and we will have a full preview here on the podcast for you next week 
that buzzer means that we are done for the first period, but don't go anywhere because coming up next is uh, Gordon's chat with Brian Funes, captain of the Sydney Bears. Welcome to the second period of that Sticks and Chill podcast. We're here with our special guest from the Sydney Bears, Brian Funes. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, no problem. It's a pleasure. Um, just wanted to ask you, you know, the, the Sydney Bears, you, you've had a, a, a strong season um, uh, so far, finished finished third, uh, looking ahead to finals. Um, as the reigning champions, what, what's been uh, your kind of take on the season so far and, and what you're looking forward to? So the, the season so far, I mean, there's, you know, have to address it, obviously, the, uh, the COVID break after you know we're the reigning champs but you know there's a bit of a dash in between with the two years so um it's i think that's what's made it the most interesting is that you know coming back from such a long break of not playing in the AIHL you know who's who's come back you know who's kind of the the team how the teams were kind of going to form especially without having the uh the imports be as you know uh, taking up the lineup as much as they normally would um, and like letting the Aussies kind of, you know, step up and take those roles that normally would be taken by imports. Um, that was the part that I was very, um, interested to see kind of how it went. And I'm like, I'm really happy with how all these like young guys, even, um, more than just like the bears, just all over the league, like everyone's kind of like stepping up into those roles and like, you know, taking advantage of that extra ice time and that spotlight that probably normally wouldn't have been um shone on them when the imports are involved so i think that was kind of the the really the cool part about this season more than anything yeah um and and as as the captain of, of the team um uh how how do you feel that that the team is is poised to enter you know entering uh finals week obviously you have your final regular season match against the north stars final home game um, but but what's kind of your your the, the vibe or, or atmosphere around the around the team heading into finals? I think we're very confident. Um, I think that you know now that we know how who we're going to end up playing, which was we kind of already kind of knew that it was probably going to be the Mustangs. But you know, essentially, kind of seeing how the top two played against each other. Obviously, because with the new format, we play one v two, three v four on the Friday. Um, you know, that that is going to make things obviously uh, a lot harder for us in comparison to the teams that are set in um, first and second place. So we, we know that we're going to rely on everyone in the lineup to really have to, you know, help carry the load for those three games if we need to, you know, if we can go on to win. So it's not just going to be the... Um, the handful of guys that probably are more used to carrying the workload. It's, you know, the, the second line, the third line, much like in the NHL, once you go deeper into the rounds, you know, you, you rely on those guys to step up. And with the guys that we have coming back from some, some injuries that kind of were, um, they kind of plagued us more towards in the middle of the season. Um, I'm really excited to have those guys in the lineup and, you know, help out with that, um, that secondary and third kind of um, wave that we can we can kind of come at teams and not really let them have any any time and space out there. A, a goaltending is generally a like a huge part of, of finals. You've especially you know the short short and kind of format that we have in the AIHL. Um, uh, Kimlin it was was back uh, uh, unfortunately to, to defeat my ice dogs on the on the weekend. Um, is is the yeah. plan for for him to to be ready come come finals? Um, yeah, you know it's it's completely up to him. I think that the the ice dogs game was a good opportunity for him to really test himself in in a game situation. Um, he was coming in uh, training with us um, whenever he was feeling confident. Um, so we kind of knew that hey, it's it's hard to kind of just throw him into the deep end and go hey, like just. Uh, after a huge injury and a break, play three of the most competitive games of hockey the whole season and just, just you know, just win it for us. Uh, um, so the, you know, the, 
the fact, unfortunately, we had the ice dogs. It was just kind of bad timing. I'm sorry about that, mate. But um, he came in to kind of spoil the party for, for you guys on, on that last game for the Wilson Cup. But, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of just seeing how his body reacts. So, you know, obviously you'd like to have, I feel like, the best goalie Australia's ever produced on the ice. Um, that's, you know, that makes us way more confident. I know I played more confident in front of him, but I know that we have also Glenn um, that has really taken that, that workload that, you know, Kimmer would have taken. And he's really the, the main reason why we're in this third position here because at the beginning of the season, it was hard for us to kind of get our, um, get our feet under us. And he really like stood back there and, and um, you know, allowed for us to be able to get those wins under our belt and then carry on through that middle part of the season with a lot more confidence, even though we had the key injuries um, that were kind of plaguing us along the way. So whether it's Kimma or Glenn, um, I'm, I'm still confident going into the finals with either option um, behind me. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's it's a luxury to have that kind of uh, you know goaltending experience and uh, with with the team. Um, uh, recently, just changing tack a little bit, um, the uh, IHA they announced a, a three-game exhibition series at O'Brien Icehouse in in Melbourne, November four to six. Um, uh, you you've represented Australia on, on uh, many occasions before. Uh, have have you or, or have uh, will, will you be putting your hand up to, to represent Australia uh, for that series and for the World Championships the the following year? Uh, yeah, so I did put in my uh, expression of interest to uh, play for Australia again because they had the uh, new criteria for this uh, this year. Um, I haven't played the Trans Tasman um, series before. I've either been overseas or um, I had I didn't have the opportunity to go, um, but. Yeah, I'd definitely love to play in that series if um, my name gets called up for that. So I'm just, I just can't wait to get back in the green and gold. To be honest, it's much like getting back to playing in the AIHL. It's it's been uh, too too long of a wait for me, and it's uh, I I always have a tremendous um, like honor every time I get selected, whether it's a series against New Zealand or you know going over to uh, World Championships. It's I love it. Do, do you think the, the Trans-Tasman series, uh, will that be a good warm-up game or like good preparation for, for Worlds? Um, good preparation to, to play with, I guess, some, some newer players as well? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we've, we know that um, we need to get ready for the next World Championships. And I think that's a great opportunity to have that, you know, uh, I think it's November. Um, you know, it's, it just gives us an opportunity for just to get a group of the guys together and just start playing, uh, like just start playing as a group because it's been so long. There's going to definitely got to be new fresh blood coming in. Um, so that's also exciting to see like who are the younger kids that are getting the opportunity to step up. Um, new Zealand, they play in a lower division than us. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's like a warm-up game without saying trying to sound disrespectful in any kind of way um but it's it's never an easy game against New Zealand because there's just too much history behind us in in terms of culture and, and any kind of sport so you know that even when I played in my first experience against them was you know under 16 uh as, as a, like a state team they traveled around Australia and you know we played against them against their U16 New Zealand team and you know even that was intense like just Playing against them is always fun because, um, you know, we have that little bit of that rivalry with, within sports. So you always love getting the, the win against them. Yeah, well, ho hopefully we'll, we'll be able to see, you know, three three packed arenas on, on, on three consecutive nights yeah. for, for I think that they, I think they won the last series too. I think they won that last one in New Zealand whenever it was. Yeah, down in Queenstown. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I remember watching a couple of those games and they They've got some like really good players there as well. So it's not like it's a just because they're in a lower division, they're, they're going to be a, an, an easy team to play against. Like they've got some big guys that, you know, can, can really fire the puck. So I'm, I'm excited because, you know, it's just going to be a good series in general. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, same. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to some uh, international hockey. Uh, that, that'll be good. That whistle means that we are at the penalty kill for uh, listeners who may not be aware. 
the penalty kill is uh, consists of two minutes of rapid fire uh, questions designed for quick answers. As I like to, to say to my guests afterwards, but I'll tell you beforehand, there are no right answers, so no pressure. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, favorite band? Linkin Park. Favorite karaoke song? Oh. Uh, I don't do karaoke, but uh, I like uh, singing in the shower, I'm the man by Aloe Black, so I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh favorite snack food uh ooh, i like the uh the cheesy balls i don't know why i have a soft spot for them uh favorite meal uh, uh argentinian barbecue or uh, my mom's chicken pasta so i could go an, an asado which is what we call it yeah but either or I'm, I'm i'm good with either or yeah um uh traveled uh, uh favorite travel destination uh sweden yeah I had, I had a great time in sweden yeah a particular city or, or just the the country in general uh uh the country in general but i really liked Gothenburg. Gothenburg was like beautiful it was it was nice yeah favorite book uh um, i read one called extreme ownership by jocko willink and that one was was pretty pretty intense i like that one just yeah it's great navy seal like all about kind of like taking extreme ownership in your life so you can be like a, a good leader. So I think that one really helped me for this season um, to, as captain. So yeah, I'll say that one. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, Miracle, hands down. Favorite TV show? Simpsons. Favorite Simpsons character? Oh, it's, I'm, I'm, I love uh, I love Bart and Krusty. Those are like my two favorite, <laughs> especially when they're together. And he had no idea who Bart was. So I found that hilarious. Uh, best rink that you've played at? Ooh. I'm just trying to think of... Um, oh, I think the coolest one was I got to... Uh, it was in the Calgary like Olympic facility. We, this is when I was like, this is my first time going overseas. I, I was playing for a team in Canada and we had an exhibition game over there. And it was just kind of cool to go into that, that Olympic village, like go through that and, you know, skate at that rink there. Cause it, I thought it was kind of cool. It was like where the, that scene in cool runnings where they're kind of practicing and stuff. And like the ice hockey team comes in, I, I realized like, oh, that was where I played. So I, I think that was kind of cool. Uh, the worst rink that you've played at. Oh. Canberra? I mean, uh, that's like when, yeah. yeah. I mean, can't Canberra. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Sorry, brave fans. Yeah. No, I think, I think uh, even one of the brave players that we had on said Canberra. So you're reasonably safe. Um, who was that? Who, who said that? Uh, Nick Christensen. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Favorite sport besides ice hockey and why? Uh, soccer or football. Uh, I grew up with it. Uh, my dad's from Argentina. My mom's from Chile. So it's it's in my blood. It's, yeah, I love it. Uh, that concludes a penalty kill. So congratulations on uh, on surviving. Um, did, did I get scored on in that penalty kill? Was it, <laughs> I, don't think I, took, I don't think I took too many L's on that one. There's... Maybe the karaoke one was a, was a bit of an L. I'm probably going to get chirped about that. No, no, that's, uh, you know, well, that one just provides some follow-up questions, really, um, uh, from, from others, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll let them handle handle those. Um, yeah. Go, go, yeah. Going back to, to a, a bit about yourself and, and your career, I'm, I, I'm, I'm always interested in, in how people start out with the sport, um, you know, it, it, particularly if, if they picked it up in Australia. Um, I'm not sure if that's the case yourself. So, so how did how did you discover ice hockey? Uh, so yeah, like I said, my parents are from South America. Um, they met here, um, and then you know I popped up and like I think when I was like five, around like five ish, four or five years old. Uh, I think it might have been like the Mighty Ducks or some like hockey highlights as well. Like I just like was enamored by the sport. Like just when I saw it. And I just like, I just nagged my parents like, what is that? I want to play that. Like, can I just want to play or try, please. So like they 
finally like gave in and you know looked through the yellow pages and found the Blacktown ice rink. Um, and you know they called up and they said, yeah, we do like a development thing where you pay like uh, twenty bucks. You know, it comes with a big uh, granny bag with all the equipment in it, and you can use the skates from the rental. And they had sticks and helmets there for you, and you know you could just try hockey. Um, and that was actually like the Wilson family. So for people that don't know own the Blacktown Ice Rink, which is what the Wilson Cup is named after. Um, you know, they were the reason why I got, how I had that opportunity to get it, just put on the gear and try it on. Um, and then as soon as I touched the ice, it was, it was game over. After, after that, I, yeah, I just kept on playing it. And I played other sports along the way, but, you know, ice hockey was always my number one passion. And yeah, that's how I got into it, really. Was, was there a point that, that you thought um, that you can think back on that you thought I can, you know, I want to, I want to make a career of this. I want to do this for, you know, for as long as I can. Kind of thing. Yeah. For me, it was, it was just trying to like, just trying to get better every time. And when I just was so obsessed with the sport, like I was just in the garage all the time as a kid, like just wanted to play hockey, wanted to watch hockey, like, all my friends would revolve around hockey. So, you know, when, um, like I grew up with Nathan, when Nathan went overseas to Czech Republic and like he was doing the amazing things that he was doing, you know, I was trying to see if, you know, I could go a, a, a different route as well. And for me, it was just trying to prove myself here in Australia and with the opportunities that I had here, because my parents weren't able to send me overseas or, you know, as much as I bugged them to, send me the check just like Nathan they're like no you gotta finish get like graduate you know go to uni all that sort of stuff so um for me it was just like uh, the goals that I had were I wanted to like make, make the national team like represent Australia playing the AIHL and then you know once I finished uni or my schooling uh, go overseas and play somewhere whether it be like juniors college or or like semi-professional I, they were the things that I had in the back of my mind that I wanted to do. Um, whether I was getting paid or not, it didn't really matter because I was just had a, a passion for the game. So, you know, I'm still kind of in that like semi-professional sort of zone where most guys are here in Australia. You know, you have to kind of like pay your own way to get the opportunities to go overseas. So once a, a few doors opened for me and I was able to make a team overseas and play in Canada for a junior B team, that was when I was like, oh, okay, like, like I, I can kind of like match up with these guys. Like I've like put in the work myself for like to actually have that measuring stick against like Canada, like essentially the mecca of hockey, you know, it's not the tip of the spear, but you know, I'm, I can play against these guys. So that kind of gave me that extra motivation to when I came back to Australia from that, that season, that, you know, I'll just like continuously like just get better and like work on my craft essentially to see where this road takes me, you know, and it's kind of opened up more and more doors, the more, you know, time and energy I've started putting into it and it just kind of taken a life of its own. Yeah. Cause you, uh, you, you briefly mentioned it before, but um, uh, am I correct that uh, yourself and Nathan Walker were both a part of the ice dogs in like 2010, 2011, uh, kind of yeah. time time period yeah um so you know obviously having that influence and and you've you've managed uh, according to your elite prospects page correct me if i'm wrong but you've played in sweden is 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 that correct as well yeah so i played two seasons in uh division three for a team called uh, uh lead shipping or the town's called lead shipping uh, yeah called the red roosters believe it or not but yeah i played for them great a couple seasons I uh, know. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when I went over. I was like, "That's hilarious!" So, yeah. Yeah, and and thank you for pronouncing the the team name first. Uh, I was I was too scared yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. Uh, pl players often choose their their numbers for you know quite specific and, and sentimental reasons. Uh, for yourself, you you wear the number two. Is there a, a particular reason? Uh, not really. So I I was number eleven. That was my number growing up. So I always loved, um, I, I just like the number as well. I was like a big Marc Messier fan as well. So I just like that number. 
And then when uh, I went to the Bears, the number was taken by the captain. So you can't really be like jumping into a team, taking the captain's number. Uh, so <laughs> I figured I'd put one and one together. That makes two. Um, you know, I was uh, the Fatisov from the, the Russian army team. You know, he's a weapon. So I was like, I watched the documentary around the same time. So I was like, he's number two. I'll be number two. You know, you know, you got Duncan Keith as well. So you got some great number twos going around. So I figured, you know, if I want to be a, a great defenseman, might as well rock the number two. There was no real, like, super meaningful thing behind it or anything like that. It was just like, it was kind of, that was the, the that was the surface level of thinking that was behind that. <laughs> I can't take captain's number. So I'll just be two. I mean, that would have been quite a statement, you know, like uh, it's like going into into prison, finding the biggest dude and, and, and beating them, you know, like. And he is the biggest dude in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you've ever seen that guy with the shirt off, that's, that's, a, that's a very accurate description. But yeah. Yeah. Um, locked in a room with that weapon, no chance. <laughs> Uh, now, now we're going to get you to put your your coach or GM hat on. You get to draft a team to make up a starting six. You're in the lineup, so you're already locked in on D. You've got us like five other players, three forwards, another another D, and a goalie um, from any era, anywhere, anywhere in the world. Who, who are you choosing and why? Oh, oh you, you don't wow. need to say why in particular. But okay, yeah, okay. Who's a team? Right, so, draft a team. Okay. Okay, so my D partner, if I can pick any defenseman in the world, um, Scott Niedermeyer. Like, he's yeah. for sure one of the all-time greats, without saying. Great um, and then he, Yeah, exactly. He kind of he can kind of float around, and I can just stay back defensive defenseman, and he can kind of just, like, cover the rest of the ice. So I feel like that's a good kind of, like, D pairing. <laughs> so I'm trying to balance it out. Um, I'll just be the big body in front for him. Um Senna, you go. I'm gonna go. Obviously, Crosby, just because I grew up watching that guy. He's uh, he's tremendous. Um, ooh, goaltending. I'm kind of like going forwards and backwards. I'm trying to think of all these all these options. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Patrick Wynette. I'll go, I just need two wingers. Povey. And on the left, I'm always picking guys from like, that are, I don't know, from like my era. I'll put, uh, we'll go someone a little bit older. What about like a, like a Timu Solani on, on the other wing? Just got like, a rocket of a shot on one side and the the flash streaking down the other side and Crosby just setting everyone up. I think, I'll, a, I think I'll go with that. Off the top of the dome. That's just off the top of the dome. That's it. That's 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 a good team. Um yeah, I'll, I'll give you marks. <laughs> I'll give you marks for that one. Uh, um, <laughs> final um final uh kind of uh questions be before we wrap up. Um what, what do you think would be the best thing that can be done to help grow the sport in Australia so that it can reach its full potential? Just a simple question. At the Money. End. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Money. Yeah. Money talks, BS walks, like that's, that's all you need. Just someone with deep pockets. They don't even have to know the game. Just throw, just, throw a bunch of money at it and just build more facilities. That's that's the two big things that you, that you can only do. Like Penrith shut down here not that long ago. Um, obviously the people in New South Wales know, um, but for like the rest of the country, that was kind of a staple here in New South Wales that had, you know, three clubs have the East Coast um, running most of their, their games out there. And um, yeah, it just it's just, just losing one rink. Had, has had a trickle down effect that's just affected everyone at all levels. So, you know, just just build it, just build some rigs, bring some yeah. money in. That's all. Yeah. Um, and final final question: What's what's next for for Brian Fiennes? What's uh, what's next for you? Uh, next for me, um, well, on the ice, uh, I aim to win the good old cup and lift it for the boys. But after that. 
um, during the off-season, I'll be um, doing inline nationals up in Brisbane. So I play inline during the off-season. Keep the legs going. It's just a lot more. It's just kind of fun to play that style of game. I don't get to, you know, normally make fun plays like that and, you know, don't have to worry about getting my head knocked off. So I uh, haven't played an inline tournament in a while, so that'll be fun. Um, you know, then just the national team and possibly Browns as well, which is um, opened up to all AI players. So that'll be a good sort of also, you know, give guys another opportunity to showcase their skill for selection on a national team. So, so yeah, other than that, um, uh, like I do custom sneakers, so I like painting shoes and doing art. I haven't had a lot of time to do that during the season. So I'm kind of keen to, you know, in my downtime, you know, do, uh, get connected back with my creative side and you know, throw some paint around. Yeah. Nice. No, thank you. Thank you very much for, for, for joining us and for, um, you know, sharing your thoughts and good luck in the, in the, in the finals, good luck in your final home game against, against uh, Newcastle. Um, but I yeah, good luck it. in the, in the good old cup. Um, yeah. And I, I just need to tell you my, my in-laws came to the game, the ice dogs against the bears. It was their first hockey game. And they asked me, who was the, the guy on, on the Bears that looked like a musketeer? And I was like, oh, that was uh, that was my view. So, um, you, you know, I think you've, you've got undeniably one of the best players <laughs> in the game. So I uh, appreciate it. I yeah, appreciate that. Thank you. That yeah, no, yeah, no I appreciate it. Tell, tell your in-laws, you know, I, I gave them my best and I appreciate the, that comment as well. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> That's unreal. Yeah. No, thanks very much. And um, yeah, and good luck. I appreciate that having me on. And welcome in to the third period. And we once again thank Brian Funes for joining us, captain of the Sydney Bears. As we mentioned at the top of the show, the IIHF Women's World Championship gets underway tonight at the time of recording. Uh, so by the time you listen to this, uh, the, the tournament will have already got underway and the opening day will have been completed. Is, I guess, is there anything that, like, out of the four games that are going to happen tonight uh, that, that you're looking forward to? So you've got Japan taking on the USA, you've got Germany versus Hungary, you've got Finland taking on Canada, and you've got Denmark taking on Sweden. I mean, the, the Canada-Finland game will be interesting um, to, to see if, uh, you know, Finland can can pull off an upset. I think the Germany-Hungary game, too, could uh, have ramifications for qualification, you know, in, in uh, those those top three spots in Group B. Um, so, yeah, th those would probably be the, the two games that, that I'd be looking at. I'd be looking to see if, if Canada, I think you mentioned in, in your article, Stephen, uh, about Canada's uh, kind of discipline issues they they led the tournament and penalties uh earlier this year at the olympics so to see if they they're able to to tighten that up a little bit in their game yeah it was i i wrote about this continuously throughout uh throughout the olympics coverage for the inner sanctum that it's only going to be a matter of time before canada's consistent um committing of penalties catches up to it and it never did it, it never caught up to Canada. That's just, I, I guess that just shows just how much far and away better Canada is compared to the rest of the teams that were competing and will be competing at this tournament. But that's not to say that the rest of the tournament isn't, you know, it, it's certainly worth watching, even if there is a, a clear runaway favourite in terms of Canada. Um, but all it takes is one result to go against the Canadians that they're not expecting to go against them. So, you know, uh, look at it. Say Finland upsets Canada tonight, then it's game on. And to be honest, that tournament's going to blow wide open, you know, if that happens or Finland upsets the USA, you know, that's going to have ramifications for where teams get seeded. And it's just, you know, this tournament is one upset away from absolutely blowing wide open in Group A as to who goes where. And, you know, with, with all five teams in Group A getting through, the top three from Group B getting through, it's it's really going to be fascinating to see, to see how it all plays out. 
that's assuming that you can watch it, of course. Now, it's it's my understanding that TSN is broadcasting most of, if not all of the games in Canada. They're, they're providing the English language feed. Uh, the, the USA uh, is having broadcast done by NHL Network, which I believe is just mirroring the TSN feed. And then I I sorry, I know um I know Germany uh, there's a German broadcaster hosting all the Germany games and then they're broadcasting the final as well in Germany, whether or not Germany make it. But that's all I've been able to find. I have not been able to find anything else on this tournament in terms of any sort of broadcast. Maybe I'm not looking in the right places. But at the time of recording, we are two hours away from puck drop and there does not seem to be any sort of legal streaming options for people in Australia. And I know that there's people here in Australia who want to watch this tournament, you know, for them to be able to do it. These games are taking place in the middle of the night. Sure, these things can be... These games can be accessed very creatively but the problem is, is that those creative options aren't available for replay the next morning for people who can't stay up all night. This, you know, we, we mentioned earlier this year that there were issues in terms of knowing when, yeah, you know, when streams were going to be available for the Australia games um, at at their women's uh, worlds in Division Two B. You know, the, the coverage that was surrounding that tournament and things like that. This is just another step of disappointment for the IHF, isn't it? Yeah, and look, if if you, um, the you know part part of me understands that if if they have, uh, you know, broadcast providers paying money to be able to to uh, to to broadcast and 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 use the footage, then then you know maybe you don't go out of your way to create free streams with people being able to use VPNs, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, in, in my opinion, that's that's a short-sighted view. It doesn't help to grow the game internationally. Uh, and it, it, it unfortunately, it uh, makes, you know, for the international audience, certainly there's there's less recognition, there's there's less attention or awareness um, given, given to the sport. Yeah, I mean, I know that you know, Australia is not a hockey hotbed and that there's certainly not going to be a significant number of Australians wanting to watch this tournament. But the fact is there are some. And, you know, it's probably not enough for any Australian broadcaster to, you know, go out of their way to pay for the rights to broadcast this tournament. But with, you know, is there anything stopping the IIHF from, you know, working with, you know, someone, anyone to to have these games be available, you know. I'll pay for it if I have to. Just make it available for me to watch. That, that's all I want. You know, if I've got to pay $2 a game, okay, I might not watch every game, but because that adds up over the cost of this tournament. But, you know, I'll pick and choose what games I want to watch. You know, I'll watch Japan and USA tonight. I'll watch Finland and Canada. I'll probably watch Germany and Hungary. There's six bucks right there that goes into someone's pocket. You know, like, like j- just make it available. Or, as I know you mentioned, you know, you know, people are paying for the broadcast rights. You don't necessarily want to make it available. Like, but at the same time, it's, okay, you might get, you know, I, I don't know what the Canadian market's like, but I believe most, uh, most Canadians have access to TSN, right? So they're going to watch it on TSN. You know, I know not every American has the NHL network because it's an op- it's, it's an optional add-on, but most hockey fans would have the NHL network. So if, if you're the sort of hockey fan that's going to watch this tournament, you probably have the NHL network anyway, so you'll watch it. You know, it's... I don't know, just make it available. That's all I ask. Make it available to watch and communicate this clearly. That That's... If... You know, if, if the IIHF turns around and says, hey, look, we're not making this available for reasons X, Y, and Z, that's fine. But just communicate it. I sent an email off, you know, I've sent an email off. And again, as I said, two hours from puck drop at the time of recording. 
I'm yet to receive a response. If I had plans to stay up and watch, you know, Japan USA tonight or go to sleep, I don't have long to make my decision because I don't want to wait until 11, 30, 12 o'clock, you know, and then be like, well, okay, I don't have a legal way to watch this. You know, I'm just going to go to bed. Like, I don't want to be making that decision. It's, I don't know. It's, I think this whole thing is just very, very frustrating. Yeah. And, and you know, um, the IIHF uh, certainly, as, as we mentioned, uh, talked about their re reputation with providing information or being proactive or, or making clear its purpose for making certain decisions or, or not, you know, not doing certain things. It's, it's just, it, it makes it difficult as, um, you know, an outsider, as a fan to, to be able to, to access these things because of the, the lack of, um, lack of that communication. Yeah, like, and I, I don't want this to come across from me as if this is just a wide, scathing attack on the IIHF, even though it probably sounds as such. Because, you know, I, I have praised the IIHF in the past for, for some of the things that they've done. You know, here on this podcast with some of my writing at the Sanctum, like, I've, you know, the IIHF does do some good things, but it also lacks in a lot of areas. And, you know, as you mentioned, communication is one of them. Act, you know, having access to games in a in a good manner is is one of them. And like it's, I don't. I guess it's just frustrating because I love this sport and I want to help give it some of like the coverage it can. If anyone, you know, was had a look at my Olympics coverage from the Sanctum. I basically, you know, spent, you know, two and a half weeks covering both the men's and the women's tournaments in Beijing. And that was only possible. I mean, I didn't go to Beijing. I was covering from my couch. But, you know, that was only possible because I had access to every single game because it was the Olympics. I had access to every single game. It was... Uh, you know, when we did, um, you know, when we've done our coverage from the Australian uh, perspective, it's because we've had access to games. Now, they weren't the best streaming options, but we had access to the games and they were available to replay and watch if they, you know, took place at, you know, 4 a.m. in the morning. We could go back and provide our coverage the next morning. It was like, I, I don't know if that's going to be an option this time around if we're going to be able to get replays of these coverage at a reasonable hour for everyone who can't stay up all night, it's, it's one thing to have the coverage available through the likes of say a TSN or, but making that coverage available in an accessible manner to people outside of the, the broadcast markets is another question entirely. And, like I'll I'll use the um I'll use the A leagues here in Australia as an example. The broadcast deals with Paramount Plus. Everything is on Paramount Plus. But yeah, as and there's deals in you know certain countries you know with with broadcasters there for for the A leagues content. But if a country doesn't have a broadcast deal, that content is available streamed free on YouTube for those countries that don't have a broadcast deal that want to watch the A-Leagues. What's stopping the IIHF or, you know, as the producer, or at least what I believe is producer of the content TSM, what's stopping them from offering it on, you know, on a YouTube or behind a paywall for those who actually want to watch it and are possibly prepared to pay for it to in order to be able to watch it what what is legitimately stopping them from doing it it's 2022 it is not it should not be that hard for the IIHF or for a TSN or whoever to put this content up and make it readily available yeah um, I mean so so the the kind of uh, illustration that comes to mind for me or, or comparator is um you know something that we've heard from some people involved in hockey in australia is the relationship between rink owners and and 
ice hockey teams or ice hockey in general. So the rink owners are happy for, you know, the, the ice hockey teams to do all the marketing, do all the groundwork to then drive sales and drive customers, et cetera, without really collaborating effectively or, you know, using their own kind of, um, uh, marketing team to be to to be able to help the teams. That's not every case. That's a generalization, but that's some cases certainly. Um, and the IIHF seems quite happy to um, you know if if they do nothing, they get their kind of income stream coming in. The um, the each one of the member nations kind of markets and and grows the game themselves without IIHF really. Um, and this is all. This is all as an outsider. So uh, perhaps a lot is going on behind the, the scenes that that I haven't seen. Um, and in, in which case, I, I I withdraw my comments. But it seems that um, and maybe and some people at IIHF are no doubt very supportive um, of you know trying to grow the game. So not not everyone, but it it seems as an organization, they've they've certainly failed to get consistent messaging across uh, and they've they've failed to you know even just make us aware that as as you say that you won't be able to watch the games if unless you come to canada and the usa because we've sold the broadcasting rights there's this there's none of that and and their own miscommunication if if i've been wrong in my opinion well i'm blaming the IHF for their own lack of communication in in creating a, a, a situation in which you know these kind of um, speculations are able to coexist and in fact um, you know encouraged to to kind of exist that's that's my uh, that's my bad take on the entire situation there's a phrase there that, that you picked out or that you used and I picked it out immediately consistent messaging we only have to look back to around the time that we started this podcast the double ihf men's worlds were going on every single game was broadcast on youtube for those that did not have access to a broadcast deal the double ihf promoted the living hell out of their coverage for the men's worlds uh, why, are the women not, living... why are the women not being given the same why are yeah. the women not being given the same? It's uh, it's living he double hockey sticks. By the way, that's uh, we're a we're a family friendly podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, and 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 to to, to be honest, the double IHF they just they just for every for every good thing that they do, like you know, you mentioned some of the credit uh, given to them after some of the articles, for example, after the under eighteen women's world championships that Australia was involved with. For every little you know good thing that they do they they do a massive um you know um snafu for for lack of a of a better ex expression they they really they um you know they go two steps backwards um miss miss opportunities or, or, or you know just just um um you don't allow fans to to be able to engage with the game which which is unfortunate it is unfortunate, and I think that that's a perfect note to end on, so I will just play the buzzer. And that will end our show for this week. Uh, thank you once again, Gordon, for joining me. Uh, remember, you can follow us on socials, uh, Twitter and Instagram, at netsticks underscore chill, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, give us a follow, give us a rating. Um Tell your friends about us. Help us help us grow the podcast. Help us grow hockey in this country because that's what we want. We we want to help grow hockey, um, which is why you know we're so passionate with our frustrations at the double IHF. <laughs> it's it all ties together with wanting to help grow the game, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, just just a little plug though. Just uh, but before we do sign off, uh, I'd like to get this uh, prediction in early: USA to win gold, uh, Canada to to win silver, uh, and um, I'm gonna go with with Finland for the bronze. Okay, Finland with the bronze seems to seems to track with uh, where they finish at these tournaments because it's 
Canada, USA, one, two, usually. Um, USA, USA to win gold is a very daring call. Um, I don't think I'm game enough to back against Canada, to be honest. The, the frustrations that they took out on everyone with the way that they played at the Olympics, I see absolutely no reason with only a few months removed that, that they won't be able to do the same thing again, unless the USA has been working on something behind closed doors that none of us know about. And I just don't think you can back against Canada at, at the um, set of the women's worlds, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. And I'll be more than happy to uh, pull out my best Ian Dark impersonation. Go, go USA. If, said if USA is able to pull off the victory against Canada and win the tournament. But that will do us for this week. Uh, for Gordon Good Enough, my name is Stephen Fletty. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.